Rogue Citizen. It is a city for you podcast. Welcome to the new episode. I am happy to share another urban story with you. Listen in and feel free to get back to me through Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, whatever you want with your comments and to share this episode with someone who you think might be inspired by it. All the necessary links and a short teaser are in the description of this episode. The rest you will hear right now. Enjoy! And remember to notice how a city for you will change after you've listened to this story of a city in a day and night modes. Thank you for so spontaneously agreeing to be part of this. I'm glad to see you and to have an idea of who you are, who are these two people behind Fluke, the Instagram page. <laughs> Thank you for Can you tell me a bit more about yourself, maybe like individually and then as a whole? Yeah. So my name is Tatiana Bodner. Uh, I am from the US, from around Baltimore and DC, right between those two. Um, yeah, I'm studying in Sweden, in Stockholm at KTH. Um, I study sustainable urban planning and design, and I'm doing my thesis. Um, yeah, and um, I'm working right now in Stockholm as in a bakery a few times. So um, yeah, it's quite nice uh, to be in Stockholm. It's such a beautiful city. Yeah, and I'm Nicole Arthur, and I uh, come from Spain. Um, and I'm studying also in KTH, uh, my thesis, uh, sorry, my ma- my master's in integrated product design. And with Tatiana, we are uh, Fluke. And uh, I'm working part-time too in KTH uh, with some just improving digital learning. But uh, but yeah, uh, it's just a p- part-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the Stockholm, here we are. And then the... Fluke, can you tell a bit more about that? What's this project and how how yeah. you why you decided to have it? Yeah, um, I think the the idea started when we kind of wanted to do like spontaneous things and the so called flukes, which means actually like a, um, a chance occurrence. So a special like, um, like serendipitous. Serendipity is a fluke. Uh, serendipity is when you come upon something like just randomly, like a serendipitous meeting would be, you see your friend out in the city and you're like, oh, hey, cool. Like I didn't, oh, you're here too. So a fluke encounter, fluke is like the same thing. It's like, oh, I caught you on a fluke. Like it was just random occurrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that word. So yeah. for me, I was just, what does it mean? It must be meaning. Yeah, yeah. So we met from, we met a lot earlier. Um, we've been friends for a while, but yeah, we'd, didn't want to really do the thesis alone because especially now with COVID, it's really isolating and uh, it's super nice to work with someone too to do a thesis. And at first it started with us wanting to do kind of create this like playful game and uh, kind of put this game out in the city and then see if people would play it. But then the more and more we learned and we're talking with different placemakers and game designers, it was like, you can't just put a game out and think that's participation like you have to actually be kind of uh in the city um or like uh actively participating a lot more and like giving a lot more than just this very digital game so that's how we kind of decided to do this more community development uh 
co-it's all kind of about co-creating lapis, which is our student accommodation. So yeah, we're really exploring that through like participatory placemaking and seeing how can people together like design their space and give people more agency um, and more awareness of how they can change their urban space too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great summary. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly yeah. First, we started also in a very looking only at like parking spaces uh, and then branched out and went up a lot broader to like just urban space, public space. Uh, although, well, Lapis is kind of public, private. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was and it's become more about that mm -hmm. than just one space but more yeah people connected to space and yeah and a bit more too about like uh, making it the process super playful and fun and it's like because uh, a lot of municipalities and just like general like they're trying to get people involved but they're kind of always in these like these rooms you have to go there you have to know and it always brings about like this certain type of person um that is willing to spend two hours to go to a meeting and you know do public participation you know so seeing what if participation was mo a bit more fun and like um just in a different way and people could you, you get different types of people hopefully that's what we're hoping for is not just getting that same maybe 10 percent that was always coming to the municipalities for problems and always so kind of yeah trying to see if other people can also try and get involved if you kind of engage them in a different manner yeah and I find interesting how you do it on campus, being students here, because mm -hmm. you know you will probably not stay here for many years, yeah. but you still decide and commit to doing something for this area. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, at first, uh, I mean, we kind of, although we're leaving, uh, Lapis is a very interesting place because there's people that stay, like, for their full bachelor's plus master's, so it's like five years. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also, and then there is still this flux of people, you know, this constant like in and out, uh, which makes it so dynamic and such a interesting place to, to study. Because um, even though that happens, there's still this like community feeling and mm -hmm. this, because there's a Facebook group, there's a bunch of amenities here. So... Mm -hmm. It's interesting that with these conditions, it's still kind of a community. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. so. I think people are striving to get this feeling because they know everyone is in the same boat. So they're like, yeah, let's yeah. be a community. Let's like, quickly become a community. Exactly. Yeah, because it's like everyone's kind of all in the same boat. They're all students. So they can at least have one thing to kind of, you know, feel connection with. And then there's a lot of different, especially in the summer, it's like quite... Um, usually in normal times there's like just a bunch of parties at the beach and like just like a lot of people I mean even you probably saw today it's on uh, Easter there's a lot of people still barbecuing outside like using the the public space quite well so um, yeah a lot of people yeah the, a lot of their friends are all here too and they meet if they're here maybe just for exchange for four months um, the corridor rooms uh, become kind of like or like your kitchen it's like a pretty central kind of friend group that you can have uh, that a lot of people, we actually did a few fluke encounters, that's, which is where we go out on Saturday or Sunday and we go like stand out in the square and just ask like a random question. Um, and people were mostly, yeah, it was, it's quite fun. Uh, and people were a lot saying like, um, yeah, if you have a good corridor versus a bad corridor, like that's how you can make friends easily. And um, 
yeah, that's an important thing too. So yeah, it's a, all kind of about community because yeah, it's very communal stuff kind of here too. Cool. I can ask the first formal question, and then we're expanding kind of out of lapis probably, or maybe not. What is a city for you? Mm, I I mean I think uh, to start is like uh, well actually oh let me see and I was going to say a place where you live but that's not like you could also just go there to work but uh, I mean maybe I would say that a city is uh, this space where a bunch of things happen and like people can live or not people can work there or not but in general it's just like there's this density of people and also buildings and well I guess cars too but <laughs> well for now <laughs> uh yeah I don't know what, what, would, what would you say Tatiana uh, a city for me wow I mean we always talk about this in urban planning like what is the definition of a city should we be using like like I don't know but a city for me I guess a place where you feel like you can find your group like your belonging so I feel like they should be pretty diverse and have a lot of just different I don't know I guess they yeah should be different neighborhoods and different places that have different feelings or characteristics or communities um and it's like a compilation of those that somehow exist in a like harmony <laughs> some way maybe not always harmony but like this uh yeah but, sometimes disharmony but still yeah, like this exists yeah they coexist yeah i guess that's like the coexistence of difference kind of yeah yeah so you mentioned the density and coexistence mm -hmm. yeah. of yeah. diverse different things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Just that. and would you say that lapis is kind of a intensified version of that mm, that's interesting because uh it feels that it is very like it could be self-sustained in a way it has like many of the things that a person needs like we're right next to the forest uh, the beach even too for this nature but uh, it feels in a way kind of more like a village so a bit smaller um but there still is that coexistence of a bunch of people a bunch of groups mm -hmm. so maybe if we talk in space wise it's of course smaller but maybe yeah, it is kind of intense, an intense feeling of a city or something. Yeah, and it is pretty, yeah. We have most of the amenities that we need. I would, like, the like the general amenities, I would say. Like, there's a grocery store, there's restaurants and stuff, too. Maybe we need a haircut place, and then I think no one would ever leave Lapis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, there's even, like, I was talking with a friend uh, who came here recently, and there's just like kind of this wall. I don't know if you've ever seen it from the other way, but it's kind of like this huge kind of wall that, uh, and Lapis like looks like this island kind of, just like a village on the hill, which, yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's a kingdom. Yeah. Of. We always joke that it's going to be like a, <laughs> like a um, autonomous space. <laughs> like it's, yeah, like we could be Lapisia or something. Like, cause it is, yeah, like it's, it's kind of a different feeling here too. Um, and a lot of people maybe, some people that stay here for a long time say, um, yeah, I really like the feeling here and I like the international community a lot. So they don't really want to leave as much or maybe go out into like general the Swedish, real. the real Stockholm life. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, yeah, this, it's not the, I wouldn't, I don't know. It's part of Stockholm, but it doesn't, when you people it's, come here, it doesn't feel like Stockholm. It's, it, it feels like 
yeah it just it feels like um independent place so Yeah, but uh, there's also even families too, which live here, um, which I think they're somehow related to like the school or the universities. But also, Lapis has a lot of like, oh um, uh, yeah, preschool. I exactly, yeah, preschool. It actually because we're looking at the past uh, of Lapis and like kind of looking into documents and pictures, we we were told that there were three preschools before. Mm -hmm. And that a lot more families lived here. And wasn't it even also used as a refugee, yeah. like, accommodation? Yeah, it was for... There's someone actually doing a Lapis uh, documentary. And his parents lived here and they were political refugees from... In the 80s or 90s from South America. Um, so apparently there was a lot of political refugees that used to live here, uh, like, in the 80s and 90s. And I think it was built in the 60s. Um, and yeah, so there's always been this very interesting kind of mix of very international people, but like, yeah, this very interesting kind of group of people that have been living here. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. The next question, I'll kind of flip the first one. So what are you for the city? So, I mean, I think we've been thinking about this a bit because by doing our thesis, we've been questioning like, how would this expand and into Stockholm how could we do what we're doing in Stockholm so if we talk about fluke uh, then we see it as we're engaging the community we're getting we're activating space uh, at this stage uh, yeah actually by doing our fluke encounters positioning ourselves in space being visible and giving a voice to people um, and uh, and yeah what we want to do is kind of like give agency to people to kind of uh make space what they want space to be mm -hmm. so that's i'm not sure if there's one word to define that but um yeah, yeah. but the words you've chosen i think they're all beautiful like wow that's just a <laughs> dream answer <laughs> yeah we talk a lot <laughs> yeah i guess theory wise if there's anyone here that wants to talk about theory like this idea of this like like Lefebvre's like passive citizen versus active citizen and like this passive citizen is like they kind of yeah don't really they vote for people and then the politicians all figure it out and yeah like this kind of right to the city is yeah like you have this active role to produce it as well and you can also use it but yeah you can also change it and produce it yourself so I guess we're trying to like with our role or what we're trying to do for the city is trying to ask people those questions too of how much agency yeah they think they have right now and what could happen possibly to make it easier to have more agency or yeah um is it a legal change or is it more just people having to be like oh actually wait i could do this if i thought about it you know um so maybe it kind of just takes like a question for someone to reflect so i feel like we're just trying to i don't know ask a lot of questions um and hopefully we're reflecting a lot, but hopefully getting some others to reflect to on urban space. Because there's so many times when you're studying planning, people are just like, wait, there's a word for that? Like, there's just so many, like, you study like that, like, public space analysis. Like, it's very, I don't know. So 
If I can say um, one thing that we're trying to or that we're using and it could be that we don't even realize it is the so-called trigger materials. And that's what the, we call in my program, which I don't know if I said it, it's integrated product design. But anyways, yeah. uh, it, we use it. But you have in your program another word, actually, wasn't it? Mm. For these trigger materials. Yeah. It's like it's it could be an object or like a phrase or something that you tell a person that makes that just triggers reflection mm -hmm. so by standing out in space for example we want to trigger a reaction in mm -hmm. people and by this easter egg hunt like it wasn't only that it was also to give them a pin and to place it in space so yeah. maybe we're triggers or something <laughs> yeah wow yeah. <laughs> And there are all these sorts of connotations to this word, yeah. but you explained what you mean by that. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. I think we can move to the next question, and it's more linked to what I study. So probably you will not feel like you thought about this for a year, which might be good. Uh, yeah, maybe you did. Uh, how does artificial light of a night city affect you? I guess a lot of light, like, it's interesting because I feel like with Sweden, especially, or just a place so far up north, there's just this incredible variation between, you know, the winter and summer. So, like, planning for those extremes is kind of really difficult. Like, for example, I remember we were, like, at this, like, lecture that we had, and it was a bike planner at, I think, Svecko. He was coming and kind of explaining, like, the challenge. Like, summer biking is super easy and uh, to get people to do, but then winter biking, you need to think of all the artificial light. You need to think of all of this. So um, for mobility, if you want, like, uh, new mo or mobility that's, like, the scooters or bikes yeah you need to think of that and I think especially for walking as well like in winter like there has to be kind of artificial light and I've been seeing a cool few like especially in Oslo um they're doing like cool placemaking with lights like for winter placemaking um so I think maybe if there is these cool like I don't know light installations that were I don't know fun or I don't know maybe that could get people and activate winter space like space in the winter a lot easier but it definitely you can see it like it, the safety is i think how much you perceive the space as being safe has so much to do with light so uh yeah how does it compare to where you're coming from well like one thing that is very particular about stockholm is i think that they use a lot of artificial light in winter especially through decorations mm -hmm to light up the city. And that's something that uh, captured my attention a lot because in Spain, where, where I come from, this, like, at night, there isn't... Like, it, you you have the standard um, light poles. I don't know how you call it. There, nobody puts this extra effort to light up the city. Yeah. So in that sense, I think uh, it's not very nice that they do that here. Mm -hmm. um, and... It might be something to do with how much it changes. So kind of who wants yeah. to put something where normally there would be sun. Mm -hmm. Like normally, I mean, during the summer. Yeah. So they want to substitute it. Yeah. Like where I'm from. So I'm technically, <laughs> I was always get this like, where should I say I'm from? Because I'm pretty much between Baltimore and D.C., but I'm really from like the suburbs. Like mm -hmm. 
the American suburbs. Like, it can't get even more suburban, <laughs> honestly. And, like, super, You like, I remember um, one of my Swedish friends, when I went home for Christmas, he was like, oh, can't you just, like, take the metro or the bus? And I was like, there's no that doesn't exist like so lighting and at least of where I'm from in the suburbs is like it's really not good at all I mean we barely have any like um sidewalks and stuff so it's really not like uh active but in DC I would say like that's where I went to university it's a lot more lit up but it's also Washington DC so it has that like um you know it's the capital of the U.S. So it there's a lot of uh, security on public space. So I think a lot of that, especially in the center parts, but when you get farther out, um, yeah, probably, and not as much in parks either. So a lot of, I think that's what Stockholm does really well. Um, there's lights in parks, like at night as well, which I, like there's, I don't know, just trails that are lit up that I don't often see or, I don't know, maybe they do do it, but I just haven't been aware of it mm. in, like, the U.S. Yeah. as much, but, yeah. yeah. Okay, yes, yes, because half of the year would be dark, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then they have to think about where the peop where people go and how they go and so that they can feel safe outside yeah. after 3 p.m. Exactly, yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's, like, yeah, at 2 or 3, it's, like, the, the there's, like, a... It's there's a path that's in the forest over um, really close to Lapis and it has lights all there, um, which I'm always like, I remember looking at it like, because it's like just in the middle of the forest and it's just like a, a trail of lights, but it's quite nice. But yeah, like you can still go out in the forest mm -hmm. and night and still feel, be able to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and with that trail, it's also, it definitely enables you to do stuff. And uh, that's really, really appreciated. I think for me, it's, I noticed that if even I walk during the day and then I see that there are, it's like a random place and a field, but if there are poles, I realize, okay, that means that's a path that leads to somewhere because they actually bothered enough to put lighting there. Mm. It's like, I know I can go there. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. something behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it could be just a thought or maybe like actual place. Yeah, there. exactly. We can move to something that is a bit more about the imaginary city so describe to me your idealized day in your ideal city hmm. maybe we could talk about the idealized lap yeah yeah okay yeah okay so this is uh, really good because we're working soon with visioning of in a way the ideal uh scenario or something of this yeah. space so let's see i guess I mean, for me, it would be one in which there's more options of, uh, like, offers of things to do. And uh, there's, well, I don't know if I can talk about this, but there's this uh, space here in Lapis, which uh, they just changed and they turned it into something that, well, we don't really like. So in the ideal world, they would have maybe consulted us. A bit so like not only in the end the final space but like the process of them interacting with us could have been a bit different um and yeah so i think there should be a lot more movement of people there should be you should recognize more faces like we recognize more faces because we're working every saturday talking to people but ideally you would there would be even more community like yeah. 
that's something that maybe cities are missing kind of right now uh, that used to happen a lot in small smaller towns smaller villages uh, where I come from Spain like you know everybody and it's so easy to communicate that way it's actually a bit crazy because I as I said I don't often come here and I don't know a lot of students as I thought but then on the way here I met three people who I knew and it's crazy I mean that's very special yeah just passing people who I So yeah, exactly. Now I know how to call it. The bus is a condensator. It's it's so dense, as Mm -hmm. you said in the beginning. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's really dense. But yeah, we had someone ask us who we're doing this like workshop for visioning, and then we're doing like a prototype workshop to like make prototypes for that vision. But uh, we're trying to do it all co-designed and co-created with uh, multiple people. And then someone asked us too, like, well, what would you want? And we were like, oh, yeah, wait, what do we, what would we do if we were in the workshop? Like the ones playing the workshop. For me, I feel like, I don't know, like, I like when weird, random things kind of happen that maybe aren't, are planned, but like semi-planned, I don't know. And I don't know if it, it was more artistic and creative and there's a lot of people here that like want to do stuff they just don't have a common project or common goal you know so um I feel like there'd be a lot more in like my ideal lapis like a lot more people collaborating on projects there'd be more people like initiating projects themselves and like feel like they have the agency or capacity to do so um and I think yeah that there would be um, yeah, more flukes that you just see people that you know or more serendipity where you just kind of randomly fall upon like these random occurrences or mm-hmm. see something special that you didn't mean to see or not didn't mean to see, you didn't plan to see. So, yeah, I guess, um, yeah. And also these things could be, um, like it could happen, these things could happen because there are certain things in the space. So like mm-hmm. when we started the thesis, we were very interested and focused on looking on like, what happens if we just place something here? How can people interact more in this way? So it could be that in an ideal, uh, Lapis in an ideal city, there's the, it's not so boring. Yeah. Like all the space, it could be way more I don't know like you could feel that a part of you is in this uh, space and not like this just gray street mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah there's like I guess trigger materials yeah. Yeah. places <laughs> and like yeah there's more on the street kind of pop-up stuff um yeah to engage people and just yeah. I don't know and it doesn't take much sometimes like I remember this picture that I, I think I saw it in several place making related books where there's just a bollard and people sit on it awkwardly so like talking about people don't need this like comfortable sofa sometimes just need like a little invitation yeah to interact and people use it in a very yeah. weird awkward ways yeah because they want to be part of the space yeah, yeah. exactly like do you um do you know like the situationist yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I love situationist theory, like, just putting, like, weird kind of playful things in the city that maybe aren't the most functional, because I feel like in the city that we've created now, it's a very, especially Stockholm is a very functional city. Like, it it makes sense, too, because it, like, really boomed during, like, the functional kind of period, like, in the 40s and 50s, but, yeah, I guess, like, things kind of like that that maybe... People will always, I don't know, find a way to kind of get around it, but obviously not make the whole city like this crazy, unfunctional place. But yeah, have these just like places that are kind of more playful and 
I don't know. It would be cool if there were, like, playgrounds. We were talking to, like, playgrounds for adults. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff with the thesis, we're trying to make it more playful with this Easter egg hunt and things like that. And whenever we look for, like, play in cities, it's always kind of with kids. So trying to, like, show that adults could play, too. Like, it's a very human thing. So it doesn't, yeah, have to only be for kids. And then when you're 13, you can't play anymore, you know? It should be more open than that, I guess, in the ideal city. city yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I think <laughs> Lapis should really hear this conversation. <laughs> you better listen. <laughs> yeah. I hope they, are. <laughs> they will. <laughs> we'll show it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Good, make sure. <laughs> and now if we imagine the idealized night in the ideal city or Lapis in your case. Well, I mean, for me, I've found kind of places like Madrid where I live has in the center that kind of ideal feeling for me and it's where you're surrounded by people like mm -hmm. it isn't that suddenly you're alone in a space and it's scary like mm -hmm. it, it's it's you're you're kind of safe because there are other people and there's movement and there's activity mm -hmm. and like I know of course maybe expecting that at 4 a.m isn't like super normal i don't know but uh where in madrid it happens and i know that but that's the big cities of course so maybe if we think about more like at the neighborhood level like what lapis could be i think that i don't know there would just be kind of more stuff happening at night and <laughs> but yeah. for you personally that would be important yeah. to have most things happening yeah or like, like not um, feel so like alone in this space I feel like that's the. I keep bringing in theory because I'm just like, just do it. yeah. <laughs> but it's like eyes on the street is what she just said. It's like there needs it to have a place to be secure. It needs to be eyes on the street and like people you know and like people you kind of trust or maybe you've just seen once when you get off the bus. It's I don't know those kind of people that you're aware of that like oh that's a person that lives here and then they're able to kind of create this community space that's safe and like even if it is 4 a.m. like and there's 100 people in the square, it's like, it's still safe to be around. And you're not, if you're the only one there alone, you're like looking around every corner, like, oh my gosh, there's something's going to happen. But yeah, I guess yeah. in my ideal, <laughs> uh, in my ideal night city, I would say maybe more, I don't know, like with the things that like Oslo, and they're doing in Oslo, like these light installations. I think there could be this more like sculpture, like artistic with light as well. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't, I haven't really. I, that reminds me of the, the tree in, in Lapis. There's a tree here that has a lot of light around it. And like, that is also something that um, kind of makes it safer, feel safer mm -hmm. and nicer at night. I don't know, that you yeah. reminded me of that. Exactly. Does it attract people to it? Do people meet there at night or something? Mm. <laughs> Actually, someone wrote a paper about how... It's interesting, like, they wrote a paper, it's called Sites of Encounter, and it was in Lapis. And it was uh, someone studying... Interactive... Interactive media, technology. media technology. And they had designed this, like, idea that it would be, like, every, I don't know, once it would ch like change a different color or like it would, and then people would wait, um, I think. Oh no, it was a, uh, when, do you know of the Lapis Scream? 
<laughs> so at Tuesday, uh-huh, then at some point everyone screams. Okay, yeah. about it, but at Tuesday at 10 p.m., everyone in Lapis screams out their window to get. Yeah, it's yeah. actually a thing. Okay. Yeah. Since the 90s, yeah. at least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's just like this thing, and you'll just hear at 10 p.m., it'll just be like everyone screaming out their windows, and then at 10.01, it stops. But I think he had designed this, uh, like, ideal. I don't, it was just like a prototype or not a prototype like a a design yeah and it was like the tree would light up when the scream would Ah, so it would respond to the scream yeah so yeah like i think things that are responsive to people would be really interesting like these interactive light installations that you kind of know that it's like i don't know it could be fun as well um or just i don't know lighting stairs up in different manners and i don't know making the light it also brings some probably it brings a feeling that you're being watched. It's yeah. also kind of eyes on the street, but these, not human eyes, but yeah. something Sensors. is watching because yeah, it sees yeah. that you are there, mm-hmm. but hears you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this made me think of in the Netherlands, the way that they their houses are, it's so open, like you see always the inside of it. And I think that in the ideal city, Although I find it kind of strange because where I come from, you always have blinds uh, and you close it. But I still think that it gives a lot more safety. Just mm-hmm. being able to see this, the living room of somebody. like Because mm-hmm. it's the opposite way too. Mm-hmm. It's like if, the people in the li- if you can see the people in the living room, they can see you as well. Yeah. Assume they see you and yeah. that's almost enough. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, they could potentially see you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I feel like it is really energizing talk from it. <laughs> now it feels very real, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these uh, ideas and concepts that I've been studying and I feel like it's part of my life, but I haven't been talking about it so much. Yeah. And I was like, yay! <laughs> yeah, and so it's, I don't know, a lot of the theories are just so, I don't know, interesting and fun. And then you don't, people are like, unless you're on Facebook. Um, Place-making yeah, group place making groups and like yeah. weird meme pages that also know the weird French theorists that you do as well. <laughs> and you're like, oh, someone else knows. <laughs> the international situation situationalist. Yeah, that's actually the project that we do together with Elise. Ah. so I can talk maybe about that now. Wow, that's interesting that you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. wow, yeah. So we are working together once a month. That's a thing that we decided to do in June, mm-hmm. last June. So every month, uh, one evening at, at 7 p.m., we go from near KTH. We do this random walk. Mm-hmm. And then we want to compare after one year, so we have two months left, to compare how different it feels in different months. Because obviously wow. in June, wow. it's light at 7 p.m. Yeah. And then in December, it's dark. And it's like how like random do the walks get when it's... Like really felt the mm-hmm. difference when yeah. it's dark and light. Yeah, I, I felt that too. In like maybe around April of last year, there was this TikTok trend that was like random generated places, and people would I don't know like randomly, and then they would just kind of do this random path. And I really wanted to write like a paper about like I oh remember. these TikTok people they're actually doing like yeah do like they're like like psychoanalysis like they're doing all of these like uh yeah like the flanor but then i didn't because i was like wow that's a very like a bizarre take but (laughs) yeah but um yeah i remember then i started seeing these people going to these random 
it was like quantum mechanics derived places. I don't know. It was very bizarre. But and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start taking a different path in the forest, like in um, Stora, Lapiscaburgit. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I found this really weird place that had like a, um, it was like a, a scooter that was just like demolished. And I was like, whoa, like I would have never found this if I didn't just like veer off the path kind of. And it was just this very weird collection of things. It was yeah. kind of interesting. You guys uh, are doing these walks to kind of compare like winter and summer, like different months, right? Because yeah. One thing that we were also looking into is like how much places change from like the from winter to mm -hmm. summer and how ma many people want more stuff to happen in winter. And there's not enough of that. Yeah. Uh, Probably. But also some people say that in December they just want to leave yeah. the job and go home. Yeah. And then for them, it's good that there's nothing happening in the city because that they don't need that yeah, yeah. it's very personal yeah. I, think, I think too it's like culturally i don't know if it's because like the the weather makes it culturally or what but like yeah they're in sweden it's like this like winter cozy time and yeah. it's like yeah. you stay inside yeah. and like i remember i was with a friend he's like well why would we like go outside it's december and i was like but it's not that like it wasn't that cold it was maybe like zero okay it was kind of but like not not like freezing you know yeah. and i was just like couldn't understand the concept of like why we could go outside i don't know yeah. but yeah there's like this cultural and then it's like in the summer it's the exact opposite it's like you why have, do you go inside yeah, yeah you yeah. have to be outside and if you're not outside you're like you get this fomo like why am i not outside everyone else is outside i need to go so it's like this interesting like crazy uh, flux here, which I think is really interesting to study planning here because it's like a really intense difference, like compared with, I don't know, the weather in, I don't know, D.C. or I mean, the weather, but the light especially is quite extreme here. So I think that's a really interesting thing to work with in planning. Mm -hmm. That dimension as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for this conversation. Cool. I'm going to bring it to the end so that yeah. we're staying within 40 minutes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you for being with us. If you want to get in touch, just search for a city for you. Maybe you've already found it.